0: Comis and Travis Davidson. The thing about recruiting Jermaine was he was one of the easiest.
1: He and Adrian Peterson, of all people, the two of them, a couple of the easiest guys I ever recruited. They they were of the mindset. They knew how bad we needed them and wanted them, all of that. And they weren't counting phone calls, how many times they called them to see whether I wanted them or not. And, in fact, they used to tell me, Coach, you don't need to call me every day or every or every week. they say, "We, I got it. We're coming. I'm coming."
0: He said, "You don't. Don't worry about me." So that that was how they were. They were that confident. They're like, well, "I know, coach hates me, and and they want me there." And I, he didn't need
1: to hear from me every, you know, every week to, to convince them of that. So and that's how good they were. I mean, they yeah. they were as special as anyone we've ever recruited, and they needed the least. They needed the least attention.
0: There's Bob Stoops on with us yesterday. Catch him every single Tuesday at 320. That's the way uh, you like to draw it up right there. Jermaine Gresham, one of the best tight ends in OU history. Adrian Peterson, a five-star coming out of Palestine, Texas. And there you go, Travis. I mean, we talk a lot about recruiting, but Jermaine Gresham, very low maintenance. Adrian Peterson, very low maintenance as well. And in the... uh, nil era these days not that uh, everyone is a pain but you see a lot more of it uh, I, i'm happy that bob got to experience that with jermaine gresham and adrian peterson a lot of low maintenance there yeah
1: absolutely and uh you know shades of like pj otobare uh, or eddie bowery um
0: jackson arnold throw him jackson in there Jackson arnold
1: you know what i mean like basically all the five stars outside of peyton bowen um and, and and obviously, uh, you know, David Stone gave you some 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 pump fakes throughout the uh, years of his. Uh, it, but even Taylor was all that joke. worked up.
0: We got April fooled by was a rough. five-star recruit at one point this cycle.
1: But yeah, I think years from now, uh, you know, Brent's going to be on a uh, on, on a interview mm-hmm. segment and saying, <laughs> "Yep." P.J. and uh, Jackson Arnold, you know, early we knew, and uh, you know what? They just
0: they stuck with us.
1: We didn't have to worry about it.
0: Can't wait. Uh, have there been any reports out uh, as if to uh, Muleshoe made it to practice or not today, or is he missing three in a row? Uh, well, he hasn't been by here. He hasn't been by Andy B's, which, you know, call his of doctor. all places,
1: why not, right? Yeah, somebody issued a silver alert.
0: Call his doc- Call Lincoln's doctor to see. If uh, he is uh, available or not, if he's at practice, this could be three days in a row. I'm serious, man. Like, there's no way he's at,
1: there's no way he's at practice because, like I yeah. said, why do you make Cliff Kingsbury go through compliance to figure out whether he can act as as head coach if if there wasn't going to be somebody
0: if there if there was, wasn't wasn't going to be Tyler? He may not be there all week. If he didn't coach against Cal on Saturday, then it's really going to be wild, isn't it? Like, yeah. the, the, um, the rumors are already crazy. There's people showing photos of him at the OKC airport and saying that it's him in the Chicago airport. Like, the head coach at USC during the middle of the week, if he was trying to keep something quiet, would go through one of the busiest terminals in America. Like, like some of the stuff that people fall for, come on. But uh, if he doesn't coach, his own, coach on Saturday, the rumors will be, they're out of control now. I can't imagine what they'll be on Saturday.
1: See, I disagree. If he doesn't coach Saturday, I feel like I feel like if he doesn't coach Saturday, it means there is something dramatically wrong with him health-wise. Because I think he knows that. Like I think he knows that just how bad of a look it would be. And I don't even think he, as bad he's as he's been with PR throughout his entire career, I don't think even him. would would, would sit up there and go, no, I'm just going to – maybe I'll just never show my face in L.A. again. Because what's the – worst-case scenario, right? They lose. Well, does that mean that, you know, the the, the smoke is cleared for them? No, no, not at all. Well, what if they win, Tyler? Yeah. Well, if they win, then, then it, it, the smoke is even worse. So He, he needs I to come out and a...
0: say then exactly what's going on at some point. I know they're saying an illness, but, I mean, if it's if he's out today, then let's get a little bit more clarity on the situation because I can't remember a time that this has happened to any football coach during the middle of the season.
1: Yeah, no, he's uh, – which is kind of wild, right, because people get sick. Like, it's a, it's a thing that happens. It's just amazing how little we hear about it. So, I don't know, hopefully – He's just being, you know, a weirdo, and I hope that he's not actually really, really ill. So,
0: uh, Stock up or stock, uh, stock down? Well, mostly just stock up at this, at this point. We'll, we'll start there. <laughs> and um, text line, I- interact as always, 405-651-3439. When I hear stock up for this team, the, I, I think of a few names here, but I'm going to start with Ethan Downs is the first name that I think of when I hear stock up. The way that he played in the Texas game, the way that – I mean, he really kind of led that defensive charge that we saw in the first quarter last week against UCF. I think he's playing the best ball of his career. I don't know who you think of, and we'll get to text line responses, but when I think of stock up right now for this team, Ethan Downs is doing a whole lot of nice things at this point.
1: Yeah, you know, I talked about, um, you know, feed him whatever you fed him before the Texas game. And, you know, first quarter he comes out looking good. I'm like, all right, well, they didn't change up his diet. I don't know if they're slapping him around before the game or I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But he looks like the player that, you know, belongs on an all-Big 12 team, Tyler. Uh, I think he's up there. Obviously, you know, on your stock up, you put, you know, your Nick Anderson's of the world. And and I'll be interested, Tyler, I know the weather's not going to be great. But you know who I think has a real good shot at having a stock up type situation is Brennan Thompson. He told me last week I I just saw him I was I was out after the game having dinner and uh ran into him and and uh he he just looked at me he's like hamstring. I was out he goes next week I'm back 100%. I was like and then even his mom on Twitter was like all right you're going to get a uh, a guy that can take the top off the defense. I forget how she phrased it. Uh, back next week it'll it, the 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 deep ball threat will be back next week so she talks a lot on twitter which is good for us uh, you know that want to find out about her son's availability so um, yeah i think i think that's a guy maybe look for this week to uh, i don't know get the Jayhawks out of the box i just want to see him bit. out there
0: whether they throw it to him or not and i think if he's out there they'll at least try one deep shot down the field to him but I, everyone's aware of his speed. Ku's aware of his speed. Everyone's seen it on film in that Iowa State game, and everyone's probably familiar with, uh, you know, well the the the, uh, the numbers that he had coming out of Spearman, Texas. But you, you just know a defense is saying, "Oh God, fifteen's on the field. Fifteen's on the field. Fifteen's on the field." Do, do not let him. Do not let him get behind our defense. There's just a lot of stress and anxiety it can cause if he's just standing out there at wide receiver. And I like, yeah, that. yeah. I mean, just let him run.
1: Even if it's a situation where you know, you plan to run the ball, just let him run. He's going to take two dudes with him. At a minimum, he'll give you numbers.
0: Also for stock up, uh, maybe a little bit too early, but Luke Elzinga had one heck of a performance oh, yeah. on Saturday. We talked about that last hour. Um, also stock up, I, man, I can't believe I'm saying this, but he had a couple of catches against Texas. He played really well against UCF. The tight end position, Austin Stogner, Dare I say is looking stock up at this moment? Some would say Stog, Stog up. up. Perhaps? Let's go. So, yeah, uh it, it does
1: look like it. You know, he's yeah, he's just a big body, man. Big body and he was out there blocking well. You know, that's one thing about him is like if a guy's not getting targets a lot of the times, like you see it, you see him kind of kind of take off, kind of pout anything like that, like that's not Stogner. I'll tell you that much. He is out there busting his butt, blocking people, still running his routes, still doing everything like that. So keeping that mentality the same uh, throughout the whole year has been really impressive for Austin Stogner.
0: 580 says stock up Key Lawrence, and it's really hard to disagree with that. Not that it's been perfect all the time, but he's he's just another player that's having his best year, and he's gotten maybe more opportunities because of some injuries uh, around him or in front of him. But Key Lawrence has been—he's he, just been solid this year, I think.
1: Yeah, well, and and he was the one that that got that uh, uh, got that UCF Golden Knight out at the one that should have been a touchdown saving, not touchdown delaying play, because uh, you know, in a perfect world, we don't we don't have that penalty on Jaron Canick. Uh, but I mean, that effort, that maximum effort stuff, and and what you love about Key is. He always brings the hype, man. Like, that guy is always hyped up. And he will I will always love that guy for going out against Texas this year and just playing his best against Xavier Worthy. Like, down the stretch, we were so thin at corner. Gentry had come out of the game. We were thin at safety because Bowman had got shook up um, right on that big hit. Like, we were – can I walk around with think Josiah Wagner, I don't think either of them were playing because of health. And he went out there and they said, hey, Key – we got to have you cover Xavier Worthy, and he said, "All right, let's go."
0: Nine one eight says Gentry Williams. I mean, Gentry's been awesome this year. No, no God, other way to say so it. So good. Just weird that he didn't have an interception on Saturday, and I know nobody else did. It's just I've just been become accustomed to seeing Gentry Williams make it create at least one uh, takeaway a game. Didn't happen on yeah. Saturday. Maybe, maybe he thinks people were taking it for granted, you know? <laughs> maybe. said, hey, you know what? Like, How about he this? he Win- was like Dabo, like, maybe we need to lose a little bit more around here. Make yeah. people uh, to take winning for granted. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, uh, he did lose that game on Saturday, Dabo. Yeah, yeah. well, maybe.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't, go, don't fly that close to the sun, Dabo. But, but yeah, maybe uh, Ginger's like, maybe I won't pick one off this game and it'll be a really close game. People will start to appreciating
0: it. Empire Wheel says Deshaun McCullough, and I almost like laugh every time. Like Deshaun McCullough rotates in, like maybe he comes out of the game on a third and nine, something like that, or a second and twelve, but he comes back in on a you know like short yardage, mid down, whatever. He's just giant, dude. Deshaun McCullough is massive, and this is a big defense overall, Stutzman in the middle and what you have on the defensive line. But compared to some of those other DBs you have, God, McCullough just just um, – he's a, he's a good-looking football player in the back end of your defense. And, well, yeah, we, he's had a good We saw it year. in the
1: spring game, Tyler. He's just a guy that goes and makes plays, right? Like, we, we could talk about, oh, he, he came in, you know, he had never played really in coverage before, so he had to learn that side of it. He got beat on a wheel route, you know, earlier in the year. He had – like, it hasn't been perfect, but the spring game really told us what we needed to know about the Samacola. The dude just makes plays. He's a football player out there. He's long. He's, you know, he's he's big enough to, to go blow up, you know, a, uh, you know, Byron, uh, Byron Jr., the 309-pound uh, defensive tackle for Texas, big enough to go blow him up. Like, the dude is just a – a playmaker, and a football player. Got a really exciting future, and he'll need to be good this week because whether it's him or Kendall Dolby or Jaron Kanick, uh, whoever's on Mason Fairchild, uh, the tight end for Kansas, they're going to have their work cut out for him. He cooked us last year. He cooked Oklahoma State last week, and uh, he's a big part of that offense.
0: Jim in Arlington says, stock up the Road Whites. Maybe my favorite response thus far. (laughs) Love the Road Whites. Best uniform in all of college football. The question is, will they be wearing the road whites this year? Or, I mean, uh, on Saturday, I should say. Haven't yeah, worn I mean, the uh, Well, I mean, they haven't worn the alternates. Aren't they, don't they have to wear it once on the road and one at home, and we haven't seen it yet? Uh, you've got three more true road games left, so this would be a prime candidate. Kansas on the road seems like, a, seems like an alternate game. Can they count? I guess if we were the top seed, we'd be home. I was about
1: to say, could they count the Big Twelve Championship and we just wear them then? Because <laughs> I want, the, I want more road whites. They've done in. it
0: before. They've, they've worn it in the Big yep. Twelve Championship before. Yes, They did. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for the, uh, I'm hoping for the road whites though uh, this, this weekend. Clinton Tulsa stock up Desan McCullough. Dude is a beast. Here's another Desan McCullough. UConn Bob says stock up for me is Caden Green. Now, and, and it wasn't at his position necessarily. But we, we did see a change on the offensive line throughout the game, and it really got the run game going in the fourth quarter. But I'd be very surprised if Caden Green isn't, you know, not only um, continues to get a lot of snaps, but continues to be a starter on the offensive line. Any chance it could be Caden Green and Savion Bird as well, your two you guards to, this
1: week? I think you have to keep Caden Green there, right? I mean, I think you have to keep Caden Green in the starting lineup until the day he declares for the draft. Like, I think you have an opportunity – to have a guy that not only has insanely high upside, but he's already versatile enough to slide in and play guard when he hasn't played guard since freshman in high school. He's able to slide in and really unlock a run game against Texas that we just we just hadn't had. So I think that's a situation where you get the best of both worlds. You get the upside and the current play, and, and yeah, you leave him in. Now you bring up Savion Bird. That right guard spot is going to be, oh boy. Because really, there are, you know, kind of like the old dating shows, uh, you know, Bachelor number one, Bachelor number two, and Bachelor number three. You know, number one, Savion Bird, high upside, but sometimes mentally, like he was a lot different in the first half than he was in the second half. You know, he's been inconsistent, but he's got the high upside. You got Troy Everett as Bachelor number two. He's consistent, but he's not very big, and you're not really going to. Get a ton of push with him, but he's not going to screw up a bunch. And then bachelor number three is going to come back. McCabe Mattire is going to come back into the lineup. So that's a guy that started for you, has been consistent for you. Obviously, the run game struggled in the first half, at least last week, without him. So you're going to have to pick one of those guys to to man that right guard position because I don't think Savion's coming out of the game.
0: I want to believe that um, Bill Biedenbos picks his starters every single week by handing out five roses in the team meeting room for the Friday before (laughs) the game. That's what I want to believe. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, I would love that. I would love that. Maybe, Maybe some different colored Zins.
0: (laughs) Maybe a couple cans of those. (laughs) That would be amazing. Stock up. This one made me laugh from the five eight oh. Stock up. Michigan out-of-town ticket purchasing. Yeah. Stock has never been higher on that one. Stock has never been higher. Woo! Dude was getting around the country, wasn't he? What's his name? Uh, Connor Stallions? Boy. Connor Stallions got to do... Every college football fan's dream, Travis, and essentially go on the ultimate college football road trip across the country.
1: Right. Lucky guy, right. man. Right. Him and Josh Pate, I think, are the only two that get to do that. So um, yeah, what a dream come true. And golly, what a what a just obsessive dude. I mean, it came out that he was putting together this Michigan manifesto because he felt that him and a couple of other low level staff people had come up with this incredibly detailed formula. This system that would make Michigan football unstoppable, and that he one day would be the head coach at Michigan. Did and you like the movie while,
0: Valkyrie? Have you, you ever seen that before? With yes. Tom Cruise,
1: while he was still at, I mean, he was still at, um, he was still, I think, a staffer at Navy. And when they had a bye week, he would go to Michigan games, and he was just reportedly obsessed with Michigan football. And in that, in those text messages that you know came out that were reported. Uh, I mean, Michigan, I guess, can say, look, this was just one dude that's kind of insanely obsessive that was trying to do this for us, but it looks like he's got that smoking gun where he talks about conversations with Jay Harbaugh, um, their linebackers coach, and then him on the sideline telling them, I mean, it it could get ugly for Michigan quick, but, man, this guy was obsessed.
0: Michigan is now uh, the most hated team in college football right now. Texas is still pretty pretty high up there. I'm sure USC is as well. well but Michigan And
1: what mm. What's interesting, you know, what what's, what's interesting about that Tyler is Josh Pate, second time I've said Pate in you know, 5 seconds yeah. which well, is it's wild, Just a check there,
0: uh, Josh, yeah, please.
1: Right. But he he brought up a good point. Now, the NCAA might not do anything about it, but the Big 10 conference might because they, I'm sure, have certain, you know, powers. Certain, And then what about the college football playoff committee? Do you think that it is within their scope to consider something like this when ranking teams?
0: Potentially, yeah. I mean, I, I would tend to think that next week's college football playoff ratings don't – that won't impact it, and they'll still be in the top two. But, I mean, we are talking about the human element here. Versus a bunch of computers.
1: Yeah, I mean, the numbers are pretty damning, right? I mean, just look at the against the spread numbers. Good Lord. I mean, you've got to know, like somebody out there that's close to Stallions or close to somebody on the Michigan staff, somebody was out there. I bet if you tracked their gambling, was betting heavy on Michigan against the spread.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I'm disappointed in is uh, Connor Stallion should have uh, let me know that he was trying to take over the Michigan program by spying on everyone. Could be rich right now with how many times they were covering over the past three years. Stallion's could have had us picking the right horse. Seriously, yeah, nice one. Very nice. Stock up, Williams Winery after uh, Ryan Wingo picks Texas, says someone from the 903. Yes, five-star wide receiver Ryan Wingo did pick Texas over Missouri today. So the hope is that uh maybe that impacts Williams Winery. Now that he 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 is the uh, he is now the gif of Will uh, Will Smith in the final episode of um, in there in the um, in the living room standing all by himself. Final episode yeah. of Fresh Prince.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing. This was supposed to be just as Parker said. Williams told him what two weeks ago. Yeah, McClellan and Wingo both told me, you know, if I commit, because obviously Wannery committed a long time ago, said if I commit, then they're going to commit with me. Well, neither of them are at Missouri. One's at Ohio State, one is now at Texas. So does Winnery hold that against them personally? Does Wannery hold that against Missouri for not figuring out a way to, you know, get them in the boat you know, does does he think? Well, fine, I'll do it myself. Go on, you know, kind of a Thanos type situation. But it, if anything, it's good that another five star isn't in Missouri's class to to keep Will company.
0: Would be funny if Missouri goes ten and two, but misses out on those two five stars they thought they were getting. Now, I, 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 I would not enjoy the ten and two part, but I would enjoy the latter of that situation quite a bit. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, uh, we'll hit more OU football coming up next. Look at some of the big games across the country on Saturday and more. Keep it locked on The Ref. This is The Ref Sports Radio Network. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra. With available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and, of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. GMC Sierra. Not just any truck. The truck.
1: Goat.
0: Hi, this is Lisa Tally, broker and owner of Aria Real Estate Group. Aria Real Estate Group is Norman's premier full-service commercial and residential real estate brokerage and leasing and management firm. With our team of real estate agents, specialized property managers, and in-house maintenance team, Aria is here for you in every capacity. Whether you're a seller, a buyer, an investor, or a renter, we can help. Please explore our website at ariagroupok.com. Aria Real Estate Group, the gold standard of real estate. most definitely. We're uh, we're very excited for the challenge. You know, they do a lot of offense and, you know, show a lot of looks and do a lot of movements and things. And, you know, like I said, we're, we're looking forward to the challenge of that and, you know, the this, strain this of practice to adjust to those type of things and, and getting good calls and, you know, adjust, adjust to the tempo and the formations of that and, you know, excited for that challenge. Are you familiar with the term eye crimes? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, where would that come from? What's that? Uh, I've definitely heard Coach Venable say it before. And, you know, you definitely don't want to commit an eye crime. And You know, I've, I've committed plenty in my day, so – Gonna definitely work on not committing any eye crimes this week and, you know, having, having our discipline to, to know where we're supposed to be and how to adjust to what they, they throw at us. About... Jaron Kanick going back to his uh, home state on Saturday to take on KU. Big game for Jaron Kanick for what he just said, right? All the motions, the different things that they like to do, the run the speed option here and there. Um, Canik's had some nice moments this year, but this will be another nice test for the uh second year linebacker.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, and and I've mentioned it at times this year. He's gotten you know, he's got tremendous speed, right? I mean, I think he was a ten three nine guy in the hundred, uh at at his si- not the size he is now, obviously, but an an advanced size compared to most track and field guys. Um I think a couple times he's been a little reliant on that and has gotten, I don't know, whether it was eye crimes or something else, kind of got to where he's not meeting the ball carrier or attacking the ball carrier. He's almost catching up to the ball carrier at times. He has got to be a guy that is dialed in against this Kansas team that is coming off a bye, and I'm not sure. Like They were already running the most trick plays in the country, the most gadget plays in the country. You have to assume if that's something they're into, that they're putting new stuff in during the bye week. Oh just, yeah, I'm sure. You, you I mean, the, o- the only it, so. the
0: only way that I don't think we don't see a, a good amount of that is if the weather's just um, the weather's just insane. It doesn't allow for a ton of that. But I'm sure they worked on bad weather trick plays as well. Right, Lance right, yeah. prepared. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. So with that, I mean, Jaron is a guy that again, sometimes he. I don't know if he forgets how fast he is and he overruns something a little bit too often, but he's a guy that's got to be very, very disciplined if Oklahoma's going to have a good day on defense.
0: What's the uh, what's the best game in the country uh, this weekend? You do have that Oregon at Utah game, uh, two six and 6-1 teams, two top 15 teams in the Pac-12. You've got Georgia and Florida, but Florida's unranked, 5-2 and two on the year. Duke at Louisville, two top 20 teams, but it's also Duke and Louisville, right? Uh, yeah. USC at Cal, is, so it's not necessarily a great slate of games. It's more of a lot of top teams have interesting games, right? Oregon State going to Arizona, that could be tricky. Ohio State going to Wisconsin, we'll see about that. Of course, OU going to Kansas. Georgia playing uh, Florida on a neutral site, Texas playing with the backup quarterback. So no like top ten heavy hitter matchups, it's just a lot of teams like, all right, don't trip up on the road this weekend. Don't do it. Yeah, if, if I'm just watching
1: for pure fun, Tyler, then I think that Colorado-UCLA game has a chance to be fun, even though UCLA is favored by 17 right now. Colorado, even as they're losing, seem to be fascinating when they
0: lose. Unless you fall uh, asleep when it's 29 nothing and miss the whole thing like I did. Right,
1: right. Well, th- this one's a 630 kick, so I might have a chance. Now, the other one. When you bring up falling asleep, Arizona has been playing some good football, man. That that quarterback is really fun to watch. Um, I think them playing Oregon State. I mean, Oregon State being only a three-and-a-half-point favorite when they're the 11th-ranked team in the country against an unranked opponent tells you all you need to know about that game and the way that Arizona's playing. So um, I think those are two probably the games, oddly enough, the Pac-12 games. That I'm really uh, looking forward to watching. It's not, it's not too crazy of a slate outside of that, man.
0: No, it's 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 really not. This is just one of those weeks of, you know, especially for OU, you look, you play better, more consistent than you did last week. Um, yeah, it's just don't don't go out there, don't go out there and play with your food and, and lose to a to a team like Kansas. Kansas is a good football team, but you're better than them. You should be eight and zero, and you win that one, and then we'll all turn our attention at 3 p.m. on the Pac-12 network to uh, Berkeley, California. And we'll all be watching to see if USC will uh, trip up once again to Cal. Cal's a bad football team, man. Cal is not a good team. I just picked them purely on. I think that Cal's in a really good spot heading into this game, even without a you know great team. I, I just think USC's got to be in shambles at this point.
1: Well, Cal's in the best position they could ever dream of, right? I mean, not only – is their opponent coming off two straight losses where, one, their defense looked as bad as it usually does, and in both of them, their offensive line looked horrible. Uh, Caleb didn't play well in either of them. Um, I mean, you would normally feel good because of that, and now they're looking up and realizing the opposing head coach isn't even there. I mean, yeah, I would say this is about the the, the best that Did Caleb Simmons ever dreamed of.
0: In-game management, I can't wait to talk about it on Monday.
1: Oh, it's going to be exhilarating.
0: It's a huge game for those guys. I mean, they're out of the playoff race, but if they want to have any momentum heading into next year, might need to go ahead and win at Cal as as an 11-point favorite.
1: Right, because you can explain away an Oregon loss and a Washington loss. Like, you can say, well, they're top five teams in the country. They're top ten teams in the country. Like, yeah, if you lose to them, it is what it is. And they're trying to say that about Utah. Well, it's a rank loss. Notre Dame, ranked loss. Like, what, what are we even doing here, man? Well, if you it's, – it's that – for Colorado, it was Stanford. Like, once you lose to a team that you have zero excuses losing to, that's when it starts to get really ugly. And they have no excuses with Cal.
0: Yeah, Big 12 slate, Houston at Kansas State. think Kansas State's going to handle that one, or at least I do anyway. Uh, K-State handling Houston. West Virginia at UCF. I looked at that earlier this week. UCF's a seven-point favorite, and I felt way too good about it because the Big 12 has been so wacky this year. West Virginia looked bad against Oklahoma State last week. UCF played its best game of the year in conference play. It feels like, well, UCF played pretty well after that bye week. Maybe they're onto something and about to win some games. But the, the the way the Big 12 has gone thus far, UCF will turn around and play a really bad game and lose to West Virginia at home in, in Orlando. It's how crazy the league's been up to this point.
1: Well, it, it'll be interesting to watch UCF now that they've got Plumley back. Because, I mean, that was his for I think they were 2 and 0 with him specifically. He got hurt in that he, Boise
0: game, so yeah, you're right, I think that's right. And he
1: only threw like seven passes. So, yeah, I, I think. Maybe just a renewed confidence, and I think going on the road and playing Oklahoma as close as they did. Gus Malzahn said after the game that that's the best team in the country, talking about Oklahoma. So maybe, I mean, that's just a situation, you know, you're trying to get your guys amped up. You know, I'm not sure he believes that we're the best team in the country, but I don't care. He said it, so I'm going to quote him on it forever. Um, but, yeah, I, I think UCF's going to have a pretty good showing down the stretch. because Feels like again. It. Plumley's back healthy. They're playing with more confidence. They got Ricky Barber back. Their big defensive tackle. I I think they'll win some close ones. But I'll tell you what. You know what loss looks really, or what win looks better and better by the week. SMU.
0: Well, they're a two-loss team currently. They're five and two, six and two on the year. And I think they're one of only like
1: five teams that are in the top fifteen in scoring offense and scoring defense, something like that. I mean. That SMU win is, is creeping its way into quality win territory. Top,
0: you will get ready to see that SMU logo on the college football ranking show when they show it as uh, OU second best win of the year. Get ready to see that. <laughs> oh, get ready to see that next Tuesday. I'm sure it's happening. BYU and Texas is an interesting game. Texas is better. They're a 17 and a half point favorite. They should take care of a BYU team that's been up and down this year. But I, without your starting quarterback, I guess it's a it's a bit of a wild card. But I, I would expect Texas to handle to handle business on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Again, I think it forces Sarkeesian Hand into leaning on the run game. I think they're going to lean on it a lot. Uh, Unless Malik Murphy makes some catastrophic mistakes, then you're looking at a run game and defensive win for the Longhorns.
0: SEC Snob says stock up on DG. He won't have two average games in a row. Stock up on Sawchuck. He's coming out this week. Did DG have an average game? I, I mean, compared to his other games this year, maybe you can call it average. I, I thought he was solid. I, mean, I didn't think he was great on Saturday. I thought he was solid, though, against UCF. Uh, the, yeah, I mean,
1: quite literally average, but his average has been really good this year. That's the difference, right? I mean, when you throw for three touchdowns, I think he went at 265 yards, something like that. But also, his completion percentage was right in that. I think mid-60s, kind of where the low end of his season, which is kind of crazy, right, Tyler? That the kind of low end of his season has been right around 65%, 66%. Um, and, I mean, yeah, I guess that's his new average. But where with Dylan, where I thought he could have improved was I thought he really could have kept the ball a lot more often. You know, I rewatched the game, and there were like probably four times that if he keeps the ball, he's running and ain't nobody close to him, and he easily picks up first downs. Now, you look at the second half, and specifically on that that go-ahead drive, Tyler, I mean, here, here are the plays in order on that. Incomplete pass, sawchuck seven-yard run, sawchuck eight-yard run, incomplete pass, sawchuck eight-yard run, Marcus Major 13-yard run, incomplete pass, Major 13-yard run, Stoops, 11-yard touchdown pass. I mean, if we're going to run the ball like that, shoot. I mean, Dylan can stay in the pocket all day for all. But
0: they have it, right? so and, and that's why I think when you evaluate Dylan Gabriel in most of these games, I think you do have to factor in the lack of running game that's been around him for the most part, you know? So that's why I just wouldn't say average for him. Just I mean, he, there was just nothing happening in the running game for the first three quarters. It's a really difficult situation for the quarterback to be in. And Dylan had more pressure on him on Saturday than he had the entire year, it felt like. So even with all that, that's why I say it was a solid game by him. It wasn't great, but I think when you factor those things in, I think it was a solid effort by him on Saturday. Yeah,
1: like I said, it's, if, if, if that's his average, then dang, that's yeah. pretty good.
0: Sure. 405-651-3439 uh, is the Caniple Minor Chevrolet text line. We'll hit more OU next right here on The Ref. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. Apache Casino Hotel is bringing back Cash Dash. Earn entries all month long by simply playing your favorite slot machine. Hourly drawings will be held Friday and Saturday nights from 6 p.m. to midnight for $1,000 cash. Make a dash for any unclaimed cash at 12.30 a.m., and you could walk away with $7,000. So, make a dash for the cash at Apache Casino Hotel, where you always win the most. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bring you the final hour of The Rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Travis is at Andy B's in Tulsa, and... ah, they got me hook, line, and sinker today, ESPN.com. They had a mock draft out, and I thought, all right, I'll just see if there's any uh, current players on the roster projected for a first-round selection. They got me with the way-too-early mock draft. Uh, Tyler Guyton was on there. Oh. Yep, To the uh, Miami Dolphins tail end of the first round, number 29 overall. But they did list some uh, interesting numbers for Guyton, who's had a good year. Uh no sacks allowed and just three pressures uh, through seven games so far this year. But Guyton would be nice to have out there at tackle, first year going into the SEC. But if he's really going to be a projected first-round pick, uh, yeah, he gone. He gone.
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime you get a first-round grade back, I think personally, I think you'd be crazy not to go. And I and I think they're. Well, I want to get your opinion on this, Tyler, and the text lines. Do you think that this year specifically more players that get NFL grades in like, you know, second, third round, fourth round, fifth round maybe, not first round, um, the players that get those those grades, that they want to stay and compete another year in the SEC or they want to leave now so none of their film – Has to be against Alabama and
0: LSU. God, I hope it's not that. (laughs) I hope that that's not the thought, man. No, I no, I, I
1: I get it, but they'll also be a year older. I mean, there 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 are certain advantages to having all really good tape.
0: Yeah, I guess it depends, right? Like if you're a third round selection this year, and based on your body type and the position that you play. If you could really only – like, if you could only elevate from a late third rounder to an early third rounder, like, I think you see that player go, maybe potentially. Um, right. So, I, I
1: think the truth serum would have to get involved. Yeah, in it's because probably there's nobody a, that
0: case-by-case case basis. Um, but, but maybe, like, maybe momentum and having a great year and feeling like you have a great chance to win a title. I, I'm sure that that will factor in for some.
1: Right, because like we saw with TCU last year – I think they had a few people go out that were a little bit overdrafted because, hey, man, that team just played for a national championship. This player was a contributor on a team that played for a national championship, right? So, again, it would have to be a truth serum situation because nobody in their right mind would ever admit to ducking competition in order to, you know, not put bad film out there. But say this team makes the playoff. Say this, Say this. you know, and they've got an opportunity to say, hey, man, look, playoff team, contributor, Against who knows what next year has in store.
0: I don't know. An interesting thought exercise. What concerns you about Kansas in this game this weekend? Um, a lot. Uh, their
1: run game, you know, it's it's tricky. It's unique. They got a lot of different things they like to do with it. Uh, Jason Bean is very athletic himself. Rushed for 41 yards against us last year. Threw for four touchdowns. The tight end play kind of kind of stems from that, right? So. Um, Fairchild went for over a hundred and two touchdowns against us last season, and uh, he just went for a couple touchdowns and nine or and like ninety-five yards against Oklahoma State last week. So that obviously is a result of their run game working. So, yeah, I would say specifically that I am not real too to worried about their downfield passing game, especially with our secondary. Uh, or uh, or their defense all too
0: much. So the trio game, though the trio of Jason Bean, Devin Neal, and Daniel Hyshaw is pretty good. And I, I remember yeah. seeing Daniel Hyshaw at more. I, uh, I was calling a <laughs> game where he ran for a touchdown, he caught a touchdown, and he threw for a touchdown all in the first half. And I don't think that's going to happen on Saturday. God, it better not happen on Saturday. But he's always been a um, he, He's always been able to you know, be an explosive player at multiple positions on the field. So he's, he, he's he's a nice player there for Kansas. And Devin Neal's numbers are really good so far this year. So that's, yeah, they are. I mean, I, I just think you got to go with that trio, right? Jason Bean, Devin Neal, Daniel Highshaw, they're, they're explosive in the run game.
1: Yeah, absolutely they are. No, that's – like I said, you shut down this run game and it could get ugly.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. Well, and, and two is if you shut down the run game like you did in the first quarter – this time around, the offense got to take advantage of the, you know, good field position and their defense shutting down Kansas in the first quarter. Like if you have a chance, you had a chance last week to make it 21 nothing going into the second quarter, don't waste that opportunity again. Don't waste opportunities to put games away after the first 15 minutes. Because as crazy as college football has been this year, and really every year for that matter, if you let a team hang around, then, yeah, it- anything could happen. So you got a chance to put someone away like last week. Just go ahead and do it. Well and if, if there
1: you know are as many Oklahoma fans as we think there might be, you might get the crowd into it time Ah, there
0: you go now there's an idea I wonder if we, I wonder if it be sometimes in uh, rain games, rainy games, bad weather games, it's tough to tell the crowd split. I wonder if uh, the weather's going to be that bad this week. everyone wearing ponchos ah. it's tough to tell. I'm not sure
1: the latest, but I know there's definite chances of rain, but like mid forties, I think last time I saw. I don't think it's going to be the weather's going to be nearly as bad as West Virginia was god, I hope last not. year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I definitely sake. hope not.
0: Drew from Flower Mound says, "If they play today, who wins? Texas or Texas A and M?" I think Texas would win because A and M's O line is god awful, but I do think A and M has a better defensive line. I would be te- uh, picking Texas as well, Drew, over A and M. I wonder. I just wonder. I don't know.
1: I, I got to see Malik play with live bullets for four quarters.
0: Close win I for Texas. I just have yeah. no confidence in a And M at this point.
1: Literally a And M like the they have one way of winning. The defensive line needs to win you the game. Like force multiple strip sacks. Like force fumbles. Do something because nobody else on that team is going to do a damn thing for them. So, but they, they would have both, one
0: way. They would both uh, try to find a way to squirm out of that game, though. We we all know that, right? Oh,
1: Yeah. Absolutely. It's a
0: fun hypothetical, Drew, but it would never happen until the SEC actually forces into play.
1: Yeah, they, they, the, those guys, they are, the, they are the dogs that are separated by a fence that bark like crazy against each other, and then when you show them that there's a gate in the fence, they both get quiet.
0: Yeah, one has an A&M dog collar, the other one has a Texas dog collar. That's exactly how that works. Exactly. Panda in Texas says UCF was super loud at Gaylord this past weekend. OU Nation hopefully shows up and shows out. OU, OU has showed up at road games this year. Tulsa, Cincinnati, and, of course, y- you know what you're going to get in Dallas. No complaints for any road games so far at all.
1: Yeah, done a really good job. Um, you know, that kind of that final tour through the Big 12 because, again, I think it's – I mean, Cincinnati was fun. We'd never been there before. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I, I like the stadium. I like the city. The fans were really nice. Um, with Kansas, you know, it's close by. Obviously, Tulsa was extremely close by. Um, but, you know, with Kansas, it's close by. is going to be, you know, nice and close. I'm just wondering, and from the sounds of it, Tyler, a lot of people are going to BYU. Like a lot.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, I bought our flights last night, so we'll be there. But, yeah, listeners in California, Wyoming, Oklahoma, all over. Going to be in Pro Bowl. I'm it's going to be awesome. I'm driving. I'm driving, baby. Oh, gosh. No way. Yeah, I'm <laughs> God, looking forward to it. God bless you. All right, uh, we'll get to your text one more time, and uh, we'll hit more of your football as well. Right here on The Ref. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. Hey, Sooner
1: basketball fans. It's time for one last go-round in the Big 12 at the Lloyd Noble Center. Your men's basketball season tickets are on sale now and start at just $149. Secure your seats now and don't miss out on any of this year's Sooner Hoops games. Visit Soonersports.com or call 800-456-GO-OU. That's 800-456-4668 to purchase your tickets today. We'll see you at the LNC this season. Boomer Sooner.
0: There are trucks, then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. Hundreds of teenagers waiting, hoping that you'll decide to make a difference in their life. Call the Oklahoma Department of Human Services and become a foster or adoptive parent. You will forever change a child's life and your own. You've made a big difference in my life. Thank you. Final segment of the day, wrapping it up on this Wednesday. It is the Rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, Wednesday night football for your viewing pleasure. Jacksonville State at Florida International, 6 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. UTEP at Sam Houston State, 7 p.m. on ESPN2. Here's the deal with UTEP and Sam Houston. Um, It's going to look like a color rush game. Because apparently UTEP left its road white jerseys in El Paso on accident, and they accidentally packed its uh, home blue jerseys for tonight's game at Sam Houston. So UTEP will be in blue, <laughs> Sam Houston will be in orange, and it'll look like a Thursday night NFL color rush game or something. Orange Wait, versus you, blue.
1: I mean, you could just do that, though, right? Like, the NCAA or anybody, they're not going to be like, oh, sorry, you got to forfeit the game. Or, like, So really, Tyler... The question is, what game next year are we just going to stage that Oklahoma forgot to pack the white uniforms and did, hmm. you know, remember to pack the Crimson? What do you think? You well, wanna go, you're, uh, you're going to have to pack go... the
0: Crimson for LSU because they wear right, ho- that's, white at home.
1: But, like, you know what I mean? Like, that, that story cracks me up because I guess I wouldn't know. If, it's not like the NCAA is going to punish you for it, but isn't it kind of up to the – Discretion of the, the school then. That's what I do. I hey just br-
0: just bring crimson jerseys.
1: I just don't know, you know how you
0: actually pack your home jerseys when you know it's a road game.
1: That's what I'm saying. You had to pack the jerseys. Like I don't I don't get it. The simple fact you had to pack them would would suggest something. So I think I think that I think they're just up to something. Oh, use home no accident.
0: Oh, use home versus old Miss Powder Blue next year in Oxford. Oh.
1: Go ahead oh, Yeah, absolutely. That it right get, there? Get get ready to forget the road whites here in a, in a year.
0: <laughs> All right, that'll do it for us. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on The Ref for the home of Sooner fans.
1: One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or
0: your beer. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app, The Ref for Radio Network.
1: To According to USA Today, Dusty Baker, the manager for the Astros, after 26 years as a manager, has told the owner of the Astros, Jim Crane, that he is going to retire, and there.